When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. everyone. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. It's a great day to be here. It is. Hi. So excited. Um, <laughs> before we started talking, she said, let's not talk too much about how we're doing today. <laughs> so I'm exhausted. I don't yeah. We're recording this on a Friday and I just feel like I'm so grateful that it's the weekend coming up. So TGIF for us, but this will be released on a Tuesday, so sorry for all of you listening on a Tuesday. Anyways, I won't ask you how you're doing because you requested no. it. I'm doing okay. I'm I'm tired as well, but you know, it, there's a lot going on, so I think it's it's normal to to feel all the feelings, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about today, but um, yeah. I am looking forward to this episode, kind of a continua- continuation of our episode uh, last week, so. Yeah, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, um, go ahead and do it. We talked a lot about self-forgiveness and um, what that looks like and why that's important. And we felt that that was kind of a great lead-in to talking about today's topic, which is going to be about perfectionism. And... We have lots of thoughts. I think we both have labeled ourselves and fallen into the category of perfectionists, but also in like very different ways. And I think it's just so interesting how perfectionistic tendencies can show up in so many different aspects and avenues for people. And it's, it's really a challenging dynamic to have upon yourself because it's like you're placing yourself in this really rigid prison almost. And, um, yeah, we want to talk about it. (laughs) Well, I think it does, it it can come up for lots of people and it is, you're right. We have very different angles as to how we come to being perfectionists or how we label ourselves perfectionistic because it's, there's oftentimes when I don't feel that you're very much of a perfectionist and I look and I think, wow, that must be a more freeing way to live because my idea of perfectionism that, um, it, it really, it really use the word kills. It really kills our productivity and creativity and energy and it saps our energy. So, um, I think 
I could label myself. Oftentimes I say I used to be a perfectionist because I used to be so much worse than I am today. But I think sometimes we, we just, we just keep evolving and little by little we chip away at the, the things in our lives that are holding us back. And so perfectionism absolutely is something that would hold me back in the olden days. And so I think today the idea that uh, perfectionism can, you know, take away your productivity or your creativity or your energy is really but been a huge wake-up call for me over the past decade or two. And I like this idea, too, that, um, that I read. It's kind of a mindset shift that I've been really looking at a lot over the past, actually, I'd say at least 10 years, but especially in the past several years during this pandemic, that done is better than perfect. I think that's a really interesting motto to have, that if you're always looking for perfection, if you're always looking to be perfect, chances are that leads to procrastination in, in, in many situations and that sometimes we never get it done what it is we're trying to do or it never quite gets finished. And I have a thing about unfinished business. I really, like, I, I feel for me any unfinished business really weighs heavy on my mind and it causes my mind to constantly ruminate over, oh, my gosh, I've got to get this done. I've got to do this. So it's really important for me. I think this is what has helped me the most in my perfectionism is to think I need to get this done, what's holding me back, and how can I actually get it done? And then if it's not exactly the way that I'd hoped or it didn't turn out, you know, as, as productive as I thought it could be, then I can, I can tweak it. I can redo it. I've learned what I needed to learn and I can take another chance at it. So yeah. it's helped me a and lot. And I think you, you kind of <clears throat> leapt to diving into how we can overcome it. But perfectionism can show up in just how you live your life, not in like productivity wise, mm-hmm. but how you have to, how we feel like we have to be perfect people and what that looks like and why why we think we have to be perfect and act perfectly and and find the perfect, you know, so many people, how do I find the perfect partner or the perfect friend or the perfect everything? And I think just to start off the conversation in that I don't believe that like perfect exists. I think perfectionism and perfect as we use it is a myth because nothing is perfect. Um, I think we've said this in other episodes that life is gray. It's not black and white. And so the idea of, of perfect isn't even real. So for me, it's like that first step of just releasing that that label that something could be perfect, that I could be perfect. If I just tweaked this, I could be perfect. If, you know, if they changed this, they would be perfect. And that kind of goes into like us changing people, which was another episode. Or, you know, if this changed in my house, it would be the perfect house or, you know, whatever it might be. I think the first move is to just release the notion that perfect could be real because it's not, in my opinion, or my belief. Like, I don't think that anything is perfect because life is, you know, 50 shades of gray. And um, it's always changing. So for me, that was like a big first thing is that releasing the belief that it could get to a place of perfect and then embracing the imperfect as as okay um, because then I think getting into why we want to 
feel perfect and, and the feelings that are underneath that. But imperfection is normal because perfect isn't real. Couldn't agree more. And I, I believe strongly that we have to get beneath the surface of what is it that's causing us to ha- have feel the need to be perfect. Because I know when I was in the throes of my eating disorder in my 20s, I was constantly feeling like I wasn't enough. And yes, I became incredibly successful. And all the things that society would say, wow, you made it, Barb. You've got all the things that society labels as being a true success in, in, every, in every way. But I didn't have the happiness piece of that label. I had all the, you know, the, the, the financial and all the things and all the, all the material things, all the outward things. And so I think it's really important. For me, it's been incredibly important to look at what is it that caused me back then to feel like I had to keep striving, keep striving, keep going, had to be perfect, had to get it all right. And then if I didn't get it all right, I had to keep going again. Because underneath it all truly was my lack of worth, my lack of self-worth, my lack of feeling like I was good enough. So, Yeah, I was going to say it's worthiness. Absolutely. I did not ever think I was good enough if I didn't actually be perfect. Because you're right, Michelle, there's no such thing as perfection. But in my mind, I thought other people were perfect. I was the only one that wasn't perfect. And so I was constantly striving to be perfect because I thought if I could just be good enough, then I would... would, then I would be happy because I felt that I was successful externally, but I was never feeling the success or the peace or the, or the absolute um, enoughness from the inside out. And so where I was going to go with this, especially with my eating disorder, was I really saw how desperate I always was. And it was this quote by Kate Fagan, um, which was incredible, this quote when I read this in her book. Uh, notice how close perfection is to despair, mm-hmm. and for me, it it was it was a it was an aha moment that I was always feeling despair, and I was trying to be perfect because I felt that need to be better, to be good enough. Well, yeah, because that mentality of striving to be perfect means that you're not okay with however you are right now. You know, how, whatever whatever the thing is in this moment isn't enough, isn't good enough. It has to be better, whether it be yourself or a project or a thing or something. It's not good enough now. It has to improve. And that is a very challenging emotion to feel all the time. If you're always thinking that you're not enough or however you're not pretty enough, you know, you don't have the perfect body, the perfect hair, the perfect skin, the perfect house, perfect car, perfect relationship, perfect job, you know, all the things that we as a society label as like the perfect ideals for all of these categories. If we're thinking that we're not hitting that mark, that that is despair. You know, imagine always trying to play catch up to what perfect is for some sort of mythical definition of, of ideals in our lives. And that is a really sad way to live every single day. And I, I think these days it's so easy to compare ourselves to the ideal of perfection with social media and things like that, with that we see perfect lives and, and remembering that again, perfect isn't real. And for, and I guess it's so beautiful. It's easy. It's really easy for us to say all of this because we all know this in the mind. I mean, we all know, okay, I get it. Of course there's nothing that's perfect. 
And so for me and in my whole journey of perfectionism, what I equate despair to, for me, despair equals fear. Just about everything is fear. If I'm shameful, if I'm guilty, if I feel all these feelings, a lot of times if I drill down into the feeling, okay, Barb, you're feeling, um, you know, like you need to be perfection, have perfection in this moment, what's going on. Or if you're starting to feel despair, for me, despair equals fear. And if you drill down, what is the fear? Not being good enough. Uh, so that's that's been, that kind of is my refrain in my life. So whenever, and it's kind of cool to know who you are. This is who I am. When I'm starting to feel despair, if I'm starting to feel certain things, if I if I, I pause and I just feel the feeling and I say, okay, what's going on here? And usually when I go past the feeling of, of, of whatever that is, let's talk about despair, then when I drill down, it's fear, and then fear of what? And it's so important for me to always know what is the fear. And so when it comes to perfectionism, it's it's what I said earlier. It's fear of not being good enough. Well, and fear of being alone and fear, fear of not being loved and and accepted and all of the fears that we have, um, for sure. And for me too, it's like, what is it about our minds and our mindset that makes us feel like whatever it is in this moment can't be good enough? You know, why can't I feel a level of acceptance and content with myself with my what you know whatever the thing might be that I'm being extra perfectionistic with um it's like that exiting the present moment and leaping to some sort of future future outcome that isn't here yet because right now isn't enough it's like the present isn't even enough we're not enough the present moment with what it's giving us isn't enough and so it's always reaching towards those future ideals that aren't even tangible or available all the time. Well, that is, isn't that the whole practice? Isn't yeah. that? Isn't so I'm that? like, I know I've said this before, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's like that whole concept of just not being present and not, you know, I think about when we've used this quote in other episodes, but the Eckhart Tolle, like whatever the present moment paraphrasing gives you accept it as if you had chosen it. And I think, you know, obviously that quote goes along with managing hard times and stressful times, but, you know, for perfectionists who want to try and control everything and and make everything perfect, it's hard to try and accept the present moment as if we had chosen it, if things aren't how we want them to be. The mind is always jumping around, I think, and that's, um, for me, that's always been the key. Uh, I call myself a mind expert because I've spent over 38, 39 years now studying the mind because the mind is can be our greatest ally or can be our greatest enemy. And so I believe strongly that we have to we have to get a hold of what the mind is telling us and at every at every juncture of of a thought in the mind that we have to ask ourselves is this true and and is this something that we need to look at? You know, if you look at perfectionism, sometimes I might be trying to do exactly what it is I need to do in this moment really perfectly because I don't want to let somebody down. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be that friend or I want to be that person that, that, that really is that loyal, good friend. So I don't want to let that person down or, or feeling like I have to do something correctly. Like I have to do this correctly. I can't make a mistake. So it's interesting to look at. It's always so important and it's what we talk about so often. 
how can we really look at what the thoughts in the mind are telling us? And then can we start to take action on what's real and what's true? And so I believe that that's why we have trouble staying in the present moment because we can't just actually pause for a second and sort out, okay, what's happening for me right now? And what is real? What is true? What is my next action? And if it's, let's just say, I don't want to let my friend down or I don't want to let someone down. Okay, why do I think I'm even going to let them down? Let me just take the actions that I know that I need to take, knowing that that will be enough. So for me, it always goes back to the enoughness. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, talking about friendship. And I think when I think about perfectionism in my life, it's, you know, being the perfect friend or showing up as the perfect friend. And um, like you said, being able to what was interesting for me as you were you were talking is this concept of like you we think we have to be perfect and show up in a perfect way to not disappoint people or to not make people you know upset with us or so that we're not you know deemed um imperfect or not you know flaky or not a good friend or anything like that but the thing is is us showing up under the guise of perfection because we think we have to show up as perfect is just inauthentic and a lie. And I think that it robs us of that real connection of being able to just be exactly who we are and being able to communicate with people like, you know, I can't, I'm just, I'm not up to showing up today. Can we figure out something out? And I just, the more, I guess the older I get and the more I really like sit and think about relationships, it's like, I just value honest and open communication so much more than than anything else and how people show up for me. And, you know, I don't need people to be perfect. I don't need people to always show up and say the right thing and do the right thing. It's like I'd prefer the messy authenticity rather than the cookie cutter, um, whatever rules and regulations that we've put on relationships. And it's just interesting for me to kind of zoom back out on my life and look at that and see how I would want to show up and how I would want other people to show up. Um, What's so beautiful about that, Michelle, is if we can truly show up in our, in our true selves, if we can be our authentic true selves, we then are kind of a mirror or we actually then give other people permission to be their true selves. I think that's what's so important about just showing up as who we are you know, that, that, that big ultimate lifetime question, who am I? Why am I here? Another so, podcast episode. <laughs> so Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I feel strongly about everything that you just said. How can we show up in relationships, in work, in our professions? How can we show up with ourselves? So instead of trying to be something out there, whatever that idea is about being perfect or doing it correctly or feeling like we're ready. I know sometimes in the past I procrastinated massively because I wasn't quite ready. I'm not quite ready to take that step. Well, yeah, of course, maybe there are situations where I maybe need to do something before I take the giant leap, but I can always take that one baby step. So it's fascinating to really drill down perfectionism and realizing what's really happening is we're not accepting of our true selves in this moment we're trying to be something that we're not or we're we're hoping to be something that we're not instead of accepting who we are and then taking the steps to get to where the next place is we want to be mm-hmm. all along the journey getting us to why we're here 
But we can't get we can't get to why we're here until we know exactly who we are and show up as that authentic person. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Yeah, and I think in that in that vein too, then allowing for us to let other people off the hook. You know, people aren't going to show up in our lives perfectly, or what even like how we think that they should. Because again, you know, we're all living such unique lives with unique circumstances and paths and viewpoints. So it it also lets us off the hook of thinking that people are going to having these expectations around people of how they should be or what they should be doing. Um, and letting people off the hook in that way too. Um, it's just fascinating. And then of course, going into, you know, work and things like that as well. It's just, it's so many facets of our lives that are kind of taken over by this ideal of perfectionism. And I think you, you tend to be more perfectionistic with work than I do, which is interesting. I feel like I'm more perfectionistic with like my own internal world and my space and things like that. But you with work, I know sometimes Mm -hmm. we'll have, well, even with this podcast, we've been talking about doing a podcast for years and years and years, but it was like, how are we ready? How do we make it perfect? Like perfect title, perfect, whatever, you know, I think it was more, more for me. It was always about, am I ready? Yeah. Like, but you always said, if we're going to do it, we have to do it right. Exactly. And like, what is that? I mean, obviously you want to be prepared, but Sometimes you just got to leap and, um, and we were, we are prepared. It wasn't, that's, see, that's the, that's the whole thing. We were so prepared. We were so ready, but that thought in my mind was saying, are you really ready? Can you actually take on one more thing in your life? Maybe not. And none of those thoughts were true. They just, um, it probably was my fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to step into a podcast now. What if it fails? So those are all the things that, that, that perfectionistic, um, that perfectionistic attitude can have. And I, 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 one of my deepest desires in life, oh, from when I was a little girl, but especially after I got out of treatment, one of my deepest, deepest desires in life is to feel free. I have always mm-hmm. wanted to feel free. And for me, there's no bigger freedom. This is going to sound very funny. But when someone, if I have a really close friend or, or anyone, I'm supposed to be doing something with, if they call me up and have to cancel, mm-hmm. I never have any judgment about it. I never have any uh, thoughts about it. I never have any feelings of, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. I, the minute that happens, oh, please, please let me know when we can do it again. Totally. I absolutely understand because it's freeing because it a lot, this is what I mean so much about how when we show up as our authentic self, 
not worrying about what other people are going to think of us or are we going to be invited again or am I doing the, the perfect thing? It allows us then to be exactly who we are. So any human being that shows up exactly how they are really gives us so much freedom if we don't think we already have and it permission. to begin with and permission. So I love it. And I think that, our, you know, being who we are is everything and trying to really, I, for me, it's helped me uh, start to erode that idea of fear of failure, fear of not being good enough at the, at the, at the, as I said earlier, and I will always say this, that at the core of everything, when it comes to perfectionism, especially is my fear of not being good enough. And I think that that's one of the things I wanted to say about that, because it was just coming up for me big time, even when we were looking at um, doing this episode today, is that I don't think we're born perfectionists. I don't think that we come out of the womb like, oh my gosh, everything has to just be right. Everything has to be, I think we come out really carefree and accepting of the present moment and all the things that we're teaching. But I do think that we can become perfectionists as a, you know, as a result of the environments that we're in. And so I grew up feeling like I needed to always prove my worth. Right. You are not worthy. So you are always going to have to prove it. You are not enough. So you're going to always have to figure out how you're going to get to be enough so that people can actually understand that you are enough. But it, it's a vicious cycle because if I don't think I'm enough, then I'm never going to think that other people are going to think that I'm enough. And I, I feel so strong and I feel so grateful that we have this platform to be able to have these podcasts and these teachings that we do on social media and all of the things because that is our mission is to share our experiences because I think it's really brave. Like, I think of myself as an incredibly brave, courageous person. Yeah, you are. Because to start working through your anxiety and fear around not being good enough for me has been the greatest and hardest uh, attempt in my life. Absolutely. And I think for me, the fear is the f underneath the perfectionism for me is like the fear of judgment. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yes. Being judged and judging myself. And so it's interesting. Obviously, there's fears underneath, but just, you know, there's different aspects of it. And for me, you know, I think of my perfectionism and how it shows up and, um, in just different ways within my life. And I can, if I drill down into it, it's like, I don't want to give anybody a reason to judge me. So I have to be perfect or I have to show up perfectly or have my house in perfect order or whatever. And you know, again, that's not real. And, you know, judgment, and obviously it's a judgment of myself, but then it's allowing other people the permission to judge me because it's not some sort of ideal. So I would definitely recommend if this is resonating for you to just like sit with yourself and see like what, what that fear is underneath. And ultimately remembering that the fear is a lie because, you know, whatever it is that we are in this moment or who we are, what we're looking for, it's, it's always enough. Um, and we are good enough. We're yeah. good enough. We're worthy enough. Um, yeah. All of the yes. things, all of the things that fear tells us that we're not, 
it's a lie and it it's it's not true and so being able to kind of start like ripping that out at the root and reminding yourself that that's not true is is really really helpful um one yeah yeah one <laughs> absolutely and one of the one of the saddest i think one of the saddest or most dramatic roadblocks that perfectionism can have or that idea of thinking that we're not good enough is we think we can only be happy once we get to the end. Mm-hmm. Okay, happiness is going to come when I'm perfect or happiness is going to come when I feel like I'm good enough. Happiness is going to come when I'm no longer pretending or, or no longer afraid or no longer all the things. I mean, you can fill in the blank. It's, it's a myriad of, of thoughts that we have and it's so not true. So think about that. I mean, how can we ever... I mean, think about living your life thinking the only time I'm going to be happy is when I have all these other things or feel all these other ways or feel like I'm good enough. And it's just not, it's just, it's, it's well, really waiting for, it's waiting for the external world to come ex- into alignment yeah. before I could actually be who I am and be happy. And it's the other way around. I was going to say, it's living your life from the external internally and it's, Life should be the opposite, living life from the inside out. Absolutely. And Um, so I really, if you're, I love what you said, Michelle. So if this is resonating, you know, put on your mirror. I don't have to wait till I get to the finish line, so to speak, or to be happy. I can choose to be happy right now. Because you think about those people that get, they get everything that they want. And you, you talked about this with your life, but you know, the external, the house, the car, the job, the partner, the kids, the pets, the friends, the whatever. And externally, everything looks perfect, but internally, something's missing. And I think that's a all too common um, dynamic in life. So just knowing that if you can start to live from the inside out, like we talked about in that other episode of tapping into your desires and, and wishes for life, and knowing that living life from the inside out can be messy, but it's authentic. Yeah. And it's I know real. I said it's that yeah, I said that before, authentic. but like I, I much rather would be maybe a little less polished around the edges, but but true to myself, rather than have some sort of false facade around me that things are, you know, idealistic. And again, hopefully, the more that we start to show up in that way, other people can feel the same because I know I can. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, because this is just how my crazy brain works, is like, you know, how are people going to respond to this or what are the questions? And I'm sure the number one question that's popping up in your mind is like, yeah, that all sounds fine and good, but I have people that that expect me to show up this way. And if I start changing the dynamic, then they're not going to invite me to things or I'm not going to be included or I'm not, you know, all of those things, right? For sure. And that's why we always say it's little baby steps. Like you take one little step into what is one, one baby step that I can take that is my authentic self. You don't just wake up tomorrow and say, okay, I'm just going to rearrange my entire life in this moment. It, it usually can't go too well. Uh, and I think that it's, it's kind of a, um, you want to be able to sustain the whole idea for me. And I remember when I got out of treatment, I was thinking, now how, what, what steps do I need to take now to stay in recovery and really continue to peel back the layers of this onion of this, who I am and, and why I'm here 
what are the steps that I can take? And there's, there's sometimes the, the energy and the, the perfectionism that me that would come out and say, okay, I could do it all right now. Oh, am I going to do this, 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 and this? I might be able to do that for a day or maybe a week or maybe a month, but could I actually sustain it for the rest of my life? Because for, for life to be the way that we're hoping that it can be successful, happy, authentic, and all the things, we really can't do it all at one time. Yeah, and you're chipping it away. T- yeah, it takes one little baby step. As long as we're always taking one little baby step, and sometimes we might take a couple steps backwards in a day, and we think, okay, let me just regroup here. What did I learn? What do I need to know to take that next baby step forward? It's like helping to release everyone from this pressure cooker of yeah. life. And yes. I'll never forget, we had a friend who, this was early in our friendship, but I think they thought that they couldn't cancel plans with us. And one time they had to, and, and I you could tell when they told us they felt a lot of stress about having to not be able to make it. And I remember you said to them, um, look, you don't ever have to feel stress about having to cancel something. If something comes up, you know, please always feel free to let us know. It's, it's not a big deal. We won't hold any resentment towards you. And what did I say after that? Because I want to be able, I will be canceling well, on you say, probably. I was going to say, yeah. And I could feel the release of stress from this person. And then also you said, yeah. And, and the other way around, you know, if something comes up for me, I hope that you'll feel the same way. And that really shifted everything. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's, it's that communication too of, look, I'll release you and you release me and let's just be. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> That's a um, song or a poem. Well, it's like a Barney song. That's I love cute. you. You love me. <laughs> That's the way you're um, supposed to be. Or a happy family. I love it. So um, cute. So I just, I find that when we're able to show up that way and just communicate that, it makes a world of difference. And, and to your point, it's not an overnight thing. It's a, it's a gradual shift, but the more that we can start to do it in our own lives, the more other people can notice it and say like, oh yeah, I could do that. Or that's, that looks so much better than what I'm doing, putting myself under right now. I'm going to try that. We become helpful for others in, in a mirror, just like others are helpful in a mirror for us. Yeah. One other, um, one other, one other extraordinary quote that I heard. I was on a retreat once with Elizabeth Gilbert, Eat, Pray, Love. And during the retreat, we were talking about perfectionism. And she just came straight out and she said, perfectionism is fear. And I remember thinking that, yeah. And I think sometimes we overthink things. Oftentimes I overthink things. So just if, if, if at all you feel the perfectionistic gene or the perfect, perfectionistic um, feeling in your life, or mindset in your life that a shift of that mindset could be just understanding that perfectionism is fear. And if you're, if you're ruminating over being perfect on something, sit with yourself, as Michelle says a lot, just sit with yourself and ask yourself, what am I afraid of? It, it really has the opportunity for you to open up to getting deeper into who you are and what's happening for you. When, I, I, when I've been able to label the fear, sometimes the fear doesn't go away. Sometimes the fear is still there. But what I said just earlier, I still feel so brave and I feel so courageous. Yeah. And I just think remembering that life is fluid. So today's perfect could be tomorrow's subpar and just releasing yourself from that chase of something because 
life is changing in every single second. So, you know, you could be chasing this perfect ideal and tomorrow wake up and that's not even, and I think this applies perfectly to beauty standards. You know, we can try and look just look a certain way to be perfectly beautiful. And tomorrow people could say, you know, I, I don't like the contoured look anymore. We're going to change it up. And, and how does that feel? You know, spending so much of your time trying to look one way and society says, nope, not anymore. So just knowing that life is so fluid and always changing and take yourself off that roller coaster and just settle into the enoughness um, for me is enough is is what is good. <laughs> but it's funny because you and I did, we do a lot of reels if you follow us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle, at Barb Knows Best Pod. <laughs> um, and we did one about triggers for perfectionists, which was really interesting. And I think if you're resonating with this and, and trying to really sort out the ways that it can show up in your life, this might be helpful. Beautiful. Um, and one of the ways is not wanting a lot of other people down which is what we talked about with that friendship, you know, feeling like you have to show up in a certain way because people are going to be disappointed in you. That's a huge, huge burden to carry around. Another, and this I think is more so you, maybe, <laughs> having trouble delegating tasks because you want to do it, to your, do it for okay. yourself because you think only you can get it done. And it needs to be done correctly. It was that those two tie together, that it idea. It needs to be mm -hmm. done correctly. And, and um, that, I mean, that really leads to burnout. Yeah. If you're always adding things to your plate, ultimately the plate's going to break. Yeah. Um, feeling like if you take a break, you'll fall behind is a big one. It's a huge one for people. We hear that Especially a lot. these days. We can't stop. But as we know, we have to rest and fill up our cup before we keep filling up other cups. Um, and there is, I mean, I know, you know, in certain aspects, there's timelines like education and, and work deadlines and things like that. I know that you can't just blanketly say that there's no timeline in life and you're never going to fall behind. But if you keep pushing yourself past the brink to exhaustion and burnout, you know, that's that will require a much longer break <laughs> from life rather than you caring for yourself throughout the, throughout the way. Um, well, because what happens for us, if we're not willing to take a break, if we're not understanding that we need a break, the body eventually yeah. will, will force us to take a break. And oftentimes it's at a very inconvenient time. So it's really important to take care of ourselves and whatever small way that we can always it, remember s sustaining for me that word sustain is really important how can i sustain my my body my mind my energy and we have to take breaks along the way we have to take time mm -hmm. to take care of ourselves and just pause and just be absolutely like you said needing things to be done correctly and correctly is like what does that mean i don't you know really. Not enjoying hobbies because you don't think you're good enough. That's you and me. But I know you've always talked about that you want to learn to dance, but you're like, I'm not good at dancing. But I said, everyone starts as a beginner somewhere. It's still on my list. 
It oh. truly is still on my list. And interestingly enough, I used to dance and I love to dance. And I think my fear is showing up and not being as quote unquote good as I used to be. So maybe we both will start dancing. <laughs> maybe. Procrastinating because you don't feel ready. Yep. Man, I'm we talked I, about procrastination that one. is is one of my biggest Achilles heels. But that's also for a lot of other reasons. But you know, we're never gonna feel fully ready, I don't think. Because what is ready? <laughs> and you we'll, can prepare, obviously, and feel and do the homework or the research or the steps that you need to take to get to the space, but ultimately you have to take that leap. Well, it's always the mind. The mind's going to say, well, Barb, you need to do this one more thing before you actually dance or before you actually whatever whatever it is. The mind is, remember, the mind is the um, the culprit often. Always. Revisiting text messages over and over before hitting send. That's a big one. And that that's a lot of anxiety and, and judgment and worry about how other people are going to perceive you. And I always say, as long as it's truthful and kind, it doesn't have to be spelled correctly all the time. You don't have to have all the punctuations. And if somebody has a judgment about it, so what? Um, just just if the motive behind sending the text message is pure uh, and, and truthful, send it. Hit that send button. Like you said throughout this entire episode, having a fear of failure, for sure. I think we all... I think we all hold unique expectations and deep desires for our lives. And if we don't hit those marks, it brings up a lot of emotion for us. But I think, too, this came up at, when we were talking earlier, that Bronnie Ware quote that we've quoted so many times in this podcast. But, you know, the number one regret of the dying isn't that they didn't get all the things done that they thought or showed up for people it's that they didn't live the life that they wanted to live right definitely <laughs> they felt yes they felt they felt and so uh, are you really going to live your life you know placing yourself under these extreme rules and regulations and guidelines to get to this place that isn't even real true and then lastly of course thinking you're only going to be happy when you reach that finish line what is the finish line? The goalposts are always moving. So be happy now. Or be content or accepting. Or try to start loving yourself for where you are. I know that self-love is hard. But it's a practice. It's a practice. And that's why, to a full circle moment, why we thought this was a good follow-up to self-forgiveness. Because... Self-forgiveness is self-compassion. And we have to just, we really do have to let ourselves off the hook of, of all of these judgments and expectations that we place on ourselves. We have to have self-forgiveness and self-compassion before we can get to the place of self-love and knowing that we're worthy enough and knowing that we're good enough. Because none of us are perfect. We are always having any opportunities you know, to, to do the right thing or to do the correct thing or whatever it is that perfectionistic mind is going to tell us. But we are going to make mistakes. We are going to say things that it might hurt someone. We are going to do things on the, on, on the realm of really, really um, egregious and maybe not so bad at all. So this is life. We are, we are going to do these things. So we must, we must have a practice of self-forgiveness. 
and be able to release it as soon as we can. So understanding and saying, wow, I just did that. What can I do? And certainly I've learned that a lot through my recovery in making amends and stuff. So it's become kind of a natural thing. If I recognize that I've done something or said something, you know, I'll try to make an amend to the other person. But do we, do we also make the amend to ourselves? How quickly do we forgive ourselves? We're ready to say something apologetically to ourselves, but do we actually tell ourselves? I mean, we're ready to apologize to other people when we need to. But how often do we apologize for us to ourselves? How, how often do we say, I'm really exactly. sorry? I'm really sorry that I'm doing this to you. I'm really, um, I really appreciate you. I'm really grateful for you. Which was that Ho'oponopono practice that we discovered discussed. years ago, actually. Yes, but we discussed it briefly last mm-hmm. episode. Yes. But that's why we thought this was such a beautiful practice, you know, for forgiveness of people in general. But like you said, we're so, we're always hesitant to extend ourselves that grace and forgiveness and compassion to ourselves as a daily practice, you know, especially as perfectionists, we're so hard on ourselves. We have such high expectations. We have so much judgment. We have so many rules. And the way to break that down is to extend ourselves this compassion. And this is a great practice because it's so, it's so simple. It's so easy. It's so powerful. And it's all, um, internal. It's like self-contained. You don't have to go do anything really. You just have to Sit down and be, and be willing. Yeah, and offer yourself these wishes and start to chip away. Ho'oponopono is a traditional Hawaiian practice. Really, it's, it's affirmation. It's four words of affirmation, and it's a practice of reconciliation and forgiveness. So think about when you, when you if this resonates for you, when you want to sit down to practice these, these affirming uh, phrases, they're all about bringing your whole, bringing yourself back into wholeness, reconciliation, bringing yourself back into wholeness, bringing all the pieces of who you are back together from the inside out and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been practiced with, with Hawaiian leaders and all healers all over the globe. And I think what you said, Michelle, was really beautiful because it's a very, it's a very powerful but very simple practice. Well, because I think so often we think we have to do all of these, go to these great lengths and do all these rituals to heal. And ultimately, for healing and forgiveness, it just requires love, repentance, forgiveness, and gratitude. And that's what this is. And it's just four simple affirmations. And I just, you know, like life is hard, life is stressful, life is busy, but we all can, we all have space in our minds and our lives to, to work this in. I think if this is something that we're really struggling with. What, when we're going to share these four (laughs) phrases with you, I think what's really beautiful about it is that the, this practice of repeating these four phrases of affirmation and self-forgiveness and by the way, this can also be offered for trying to forgive others, but we're focusing on self-forgiveness in this episode. It offers compassion and action. We are actually soothing ourselves. We're having that deep compassion for ourselves, for self-forgiveness. And I believe strongly that self-forgiveness, self-compassion, it heals the heart. 
And when we can heal our heart, I believe we're freeing our heart. You know, as I said, things kind of always go back to me with with freedom, uh, freedom to be, freedom to feel, freedom to own exactly who we are. So when we decide to forgive ourselves for whatever it is that we're holding on to, whatever the mind is telling us, whatever we think that we've done that is too awful to forgive or to let go of, it means when we make that decision that we want to sit down and really start this process of healing our heart and healing and, and being able to release the forgiveness, the lack of forgiveness that we might have for ourselves. It means that we're taking responsibility, that we're owning it. Okay, this, this is what I'm doing to myself. This is what mm-hmm. is happening for me. And so I believe when we say, yes, I'm, I'm not forgiving myself. I'm not being loving enough to myself. I'm not, um, I'm still holding on to this thing that I did or this thing that happened 25 years ago or even five minutes ago. I believe when we take responsibility for it and own it, it means then we actually are owning and taking on the power. You know, it's brave, it's courageous. So I believe then we have the power to clear it, you know, to clean it. Yeah. And through this forgiveness, through this act, we actually change ourselves. Well, and too, if nothing else, going back to the beginning of all of our episodes with the mind, if we can replace any of these negative thoughts in the mind with something that's more compassionate and forgiving, we can start to create different grooves in the brain, in our brain, so that it's easier for us to be more loving and compassionate and forgiving and grateful and not so harsh and um, judgmental and perfectionistic with ourselves. So So tell us, so the, so what is it? The practice is this carve out five minutes. So if this is resonating for you, it's always, you know, we, we say this, um, our podcast and all of these episodes, we're, we're, we're like, it's a buffet. We're sharing all of our (laughs) life experiences the Barb Knows Best Buffet. And and you try what <laughs> resonates for you. You can take it or leave it. But this has been incredibly powerful practice for both of us. Mm-hmm. And so the practice is this. Once you've decided, once you, you understand there is something in you that is not forgiving yourself for, whatever that is, once you've been able to identify and label the the thing that you're holding on to that you're not forgiving yourself for, carve out five minutes. So now you've you've named it. Yes, I am doing this. I am feeling this way. I am not forgiving myself. I'm feeling the shame or the blame or the guilt or whatever it is around it. Carve out five minutes and just sit down someplace in quiet. Just sit down. Just take a couple of deep breaths. Try to bypass the mind. Don't let the mind tell you, you know, you're not good enough anyway. Why are you trying to do this? Whatever, whatever the mind might be saying in, in that moment. And just take a couple of deep breaths and just just sit with with what you've identified as to the the action or the thing that you need to forgive yourself for, or why why you're feeling like you need to be perfect in order to feel like you're good enough, whatever that is. And just close your eyes or lower your gaze to the floor and just repeat these four phrases. I love you. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Remembering that these are for yourself. I lo- you're, you're saying, I love you to yourself. I'm sorry to yourself. Please forgive me. And thank you. Thank you. So I love you. And I, 
do that. I mean, if five minutes seems like it's a little bit too long to start, do it for a minute, repeat them maybe 10 times. Just with the feeling, just doing your best to bypass any thoughts in the mind. This really isn't about trying to understand. It's truly about the healing process of these phrases. Offering yourself this loving kindness, offering yourself this loving compassion, offering yourself this gratitude, this forgiveness, this love. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Without any commentary or anything else, just I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Yeah. And if you feel that this is something that, wow, I mean, the first time I tried it, I did it for five minutes, and I, I felt... I felt the warmth. I felt the warmth in my body. I had goosebumps sometimes. I felt the warmth in my heart. I felt a little glimpse of freedom. And I felt like that. I remember standing up saying, wow, I am enough. Mm -hmm. But it's a practice. So I, I would recommend, if this is how you've felt any, any versions of what I just said, find five minutes every day. Just every day, carve out that five minutes and do this practice. And after 30 days, see how you feel. See if that, that thing or that action or whatever that was that you were really being so hard on yourself about really struggling to feel that you're enough. Uh, see if that hasn't transformed. See if that hasn't shifted for you. Absolutely. I love it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a Ho'oponopono journey. Yeah. It's, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful episode, Michelle. Thank you. I'm so grateful <sighs> you. for you. And I really, really am so grateful for all of you listening. I yes. hope that you can feel how much we love you and how much we care so deeply about sharing experiences, but also sharing any practices or any things that we've learned along the way as a way for you to try on for size to see if it could actually see if it actually helps or resonates for you all in the efforts to try to to just continue knowing how incredibly beautiful and magnificent and enough that you are so thank you all of you for being here today and Michelle thank you thank you and thanks for um coming to the barb knows best buffet <laughs> That's a I'm cute meme. Never gonna forget that. That's hilarious. <laughs> what a visual! But it, she, I am, I'm, I am nothing but visual for sure. She, Everything she for is. me is visual. I have a beautiful uh, meme that we're gonna put in the um, on the Bob, Barb Knows Best Instagram page for this. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Perfect. But what she said is true. We do. We are very grateful, and we do love doing this podcast and being with all of you. And we do hope that each episode somehow helps you and benefits you in some way, shape or form. So that is our intention always. So thank you for being a part of it every single week. And if you're not already, please make sure that you're staying in touch with us via social media at Barb Knows Best Pod, at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros. Um, that is the best way to stay in touch and to let us know how's it going being you. Also make sure that if you haven't already, you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you can be always up to date with the newest episodes. And, you know, as we move along through this podcast journey, I'm sure we'll be, we'll be offering 
lots of fun things. So stay up to date and stay connected. And if you haven't yet, a nice review would be so, so, would make us so, so happy. And a five-star rating does so many wonderful things for us. So if you're feeling generous, we would appreciate it. And um, thank you so much for everyone for listening. Thanks, Barbara, for knowing best. Thank you for being you. Thank you. (laughs) And thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week because, as we know, Barb knows best. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.